good morning. <clears throat> my name is Chris, Chris Robbins, or Christopher Robbins. If I say my name in full, people seem not to forget it, really. <laughs> um, and it's my delight, my honor, my privilege uh, to open the Word of God with you this morning. <clears throat> As a church, we're going through our statement of faith, which, you know, we've been going through for a little while now, and we've got to the section about the Holy Spirit. And we've been two or three weeks on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, we could be a year on it. There's so much to talk about about the Holy Spirit. But today I'm going to talk about walking in the Spirit. What does that really mean? How do we do that? How do we actually walk in the Spirit? If I move this way, then I know we've got some visitors up here on holiday. Great to see you. Um, so I'll just move across so you can look. Can you all see me? Or Yes? Can you hear me? You can't hear me. Oh. Um. <laughs> you can't hear me? Can Ray, can you hear me? You're deaf. Oh. I'll lend you one. Don't worry, I've got a spare one here I can lend you. Um. Walking in the Spirit. A walk in the Bible is often an expression for practical daily living. And our Christian life is a, is a story. It is a journey. And we're all to walk in it. We are to walk to make constant progress. We're, we're getting more mature. We're getting, more, we're getting wiser. We're becoming more like Jesus. That's, that's our daily walk. In... Galatians chapter 5, Paul wrote, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So how do we do that? Now, next week we're going to be looking or opening or unpacking more of the fruits of the Spirit, such as love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness. You know, so <clears throat> that's, that in a way is, of course it's the fruits of the Spirit, but... We don't take those on and then we walk in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit because we have taken them on. Does that make sense? You don't say, well, I, I want to walk in the Spirit, so I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to be patient today. No, no, no. It's because we are walking in the Spirit, we are kind, we are patient, we are loving, we are forgiving. It's, it's one precedes the other. You know, walking in the Spirit is all these gifts come with you. Don't, it's not that you take on a gift and say, oh, now I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm a kind person. Does that make sense? Somebody nod to me, please. Oh, it does make sense, Maz, thank you. So in other words, it's not just head knowledge. It's not just a way of life. It's following the will of God as we walk or take on our daily lives. That's walking in the Spirit. And believers are called to follow the will of God and walk in the Spirit. Paul's letter to the Ephesians and the Galatians are great books to read describing how to live in the Spirit. But basically it comes down to yielding or giving way to the Holy Spirit's control. Now I know that's quite a, an anti-social or anti-establishment way of thinking. No, I'm I'm, I'm not under my own control. I am under the control of the Holy Spirit. Really? Well, yes, that's, that's what it is. Following Jesus is, I give you everything, Lord. I'm following you. Interestingly, the Archbishop of York 
when speaking at the service of Thanksgiving in St. Paul's Cathedral at the Queen's um, Platinum Jubilee. He, said, he started his little sermon, which I thought was excellent, by saying, Christians are people who know how to be led. Some of you may have seen that on television. Some of you may remember that. Christians are a people who know how to be led, and he made reference to the Apostle Paul, and actually he made reference to Jesus. Jesus knew how to be led by his Father. And in Galatians chapter 5, as I've already referred to, we read that when walking in the Spirit, we live in a pleasing way to God. We're not gratifying the desires of the flesh, or, and that list goes on in chapter 5 of Galatians, sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, etc. You can go to that list and read it yourself. But instead, walking by the Spirit lets us enjoy the fruits of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace, patience, etc. They're all listed in Galatians 5. Um, as I said, next week we're going to start unpacking those. But this morning, I'd like to take you to an example of a follower of Jesus who was living and walking in the Spirit. A living example. And I'd like to take this example. It's actually mentioned in three of the four Gospels. But in, in Matthew's Gospel, it actually mentions the man Peter. His name was Simon, and it, he was named Simon Peter, but we often refer to him as Peter. And he was a fisherman. And at the beginning of Matthew, Peter and his brother, Andrew, or Simon and his brother, Andrew, were walking along the beach, and they met Jesus. And these two men, they were fishermen, they were casting out their nets into the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus said to, to these two men, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he says immediately. And I'm going to make reference to, sometimes in the Bible, there is different speeds of activity. There's often and it came to pass, or a few years later, or there could be an immediacy. And here's an immediate, immediately these men dropped their nets and started to follow Jesus. Two simple words, follow me. Follow me. Two simple words, but a huge message. When Jesus said to you, follow me, it could have been recently, it could have been many, many years ago. It may he, maybe you're still waiting for those words. And I'm looking at the camera now because welcome if you're watching us on YouTube. Has Jesus said to you, follow me? The scripture we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to start at verse 22. And it will come on the screen. Amy, thank you. Okay. Here's that word again, immediately. Immediately, he, as Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land 
beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, there's that word again, immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then they got into the boat, and the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for such an amazing account. Thank you that this scripture we can read and that this is, this is a fact that happened. And I just, we are so overwhelmed at reading such a story. Father, I pray, speak to us. Send your Holy Spirit now upon us that we hear what you want us to hear. We receive what you want us to receive. Thank you, Jesus. This passage follows immediately on from a story of feeding 5,000 men. A little few verses before this, this account, it says they, they were gathered together and the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, you know, tell them to go home because we haven't got any food for them. He said, no, what have you got? He said, well, I've got a few loaves and a couple of fish. He said, well, break the loaves, start tearing the bread and sharing it around. And the disciples themselves fed 5,000 men plus women and children. So there would have been eight, nine, I don't know how many. But it's known as 5,000. And the disciples were pretty tired, I'm sure, after feeding and passing around. You know, it makes Glastonbury look quite, you know, this, imagine going around feeding everybody at Glastonbury with rolls and fish. And when they had finished, Jesus dismissed the crowd. Ever thought about how he did that? Five, six, seven, eight thousand people, and Jesus just dismisses the crowd. Go on, go home, guys. You've had, you've had all, all, all that's going to happen now has happened. Go on, you go back to your homes. And, and what, what did Jesus do? He went up in a side to, to recharge his batteries, to, to pray, to to connect again with his father. And he told the disciples, get into the boat and go to the other side of the, of the lake, of the sea. Now, the sea is probably about third, eight miles wide by about 30 miles long. So it's not a huge sea, but it's still pretty big. And Jesus said, go to the other side. I'll meet you, <clears throat> I'll meet you there. 
Now the disciples, by all accounts, had a pretty bad night. It wasn't an easy crossing. The waves got up, the wind got up. They were probably trying to sail and probably rowing at the same time. Probably had nets on the boat, which they weren't going to fish. They, their nets were on the boat. And it was a pretty hard night. You may be under instruction from Jesus to get into a boat. You're saying, it's not easy. I thought it, my Christian life was going to be much easier than it is. This isn't meant to happen. I'm getting really tired. The waves are beating me. I'm not winning. I'm not getting to where I want to get to. This wasn't meant to happen. We were following Jesus' command and look what happens to us. It can happen to all of us. This is difficult. I thought following Jesus was meant to be easy. I thought it was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. It's really difficult. The wind was still against them, battling against the situation. And this can happen to us. Maybe you're in a situation like that now. It isn't fair. It's not right. But Jesus has told me to get into the boat and go to the other side. Yeah, I know he has, but it's not easy. Those winds, the waves, I'm cold, I'm tired, I'm hungry. I've been feeding 5,000 during the day and I don't have a minute's sleep tonight. What's going on? I'm following you, but the strains of life are so difficult. The difficulties haven't gone away. If anything, they're increasing. What's happening here? You can hear the disciples saying that to each other. What's happening here? We've been here all night. <clears throat> and then on top of everything else, on top of their exhaustion, their fatigue, their hunger, their cold, their wet, on top of that, they see a ghost. Now, <sighs> I've never seen a ghost. I don't suppose many of us have. Oh, you have. But when you see a ghost, these grown, grown men crying out in fear. It's not, oh my goodness, no, grown men, fishermen, crying out in fear. As if, as if this is the last straw. I can't take, I can't take this any longer. Real fear, real fear was beginning to grip them. And immediately, wonderful term, immediately, Jesus identifies himself. He reassures them who he is. He reminds them of who he is, identifying himself, taking away their fear. And Jesus says, take heart. In other words, take courage. It's I. I am with you. And here comes the most astounding event, the most astounding account of walking in the Spirit. The fisherman, Peter. A fisherman says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you. 
He probably had to shout because the waves and the winds were still there. He probably shouted, Lord, tell me to come to you if it's you. What prompted Peter to say that? Others in the boat are saying, what did he say? What did he just say? What are you saying, Peter? What on earth, what's got hold of you? What do you mean? Is it you? He's just, he's just identifying himself. You know who it is. We know it's Jesus. This prompting of the Holy Spirit on Peter got him to step out of the boat and go to Jesus. Notice the confirmation. Peter didn't say, hey, Jesus, I'm coming to you. No, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. Often when we do things, we do it in our own strength and our own thinking. We, you know, we don't really check, Lord, tell me, to, tell me to do this. Often we can say, Lord, this is what I'm doing. And this is what, how it's going to go. But Peter here is saying, no, Lord, t- if it's you, Lord, tell me, tell me. I want, the reaf- I want that confirmation. I want to follow you. I want to walk with you. Tell me to come. I want to walk in the Spirit. But I want that confirmation. Now, as we all know, sometimes God doesn't give us what we want. We know that. We pray for things, we ask for things, and things don't turn out as we want them. And sometimes when we look back, you think, thank you, Lord, you didn't do that. Although we asked for it, although I asked for it, I thank you, because I can see now why you did did not do that. We can often think that. Um, What did Jesus say to this calling from Peter? Did he say, don't be silly, Peter. Yeah, I, I know you're a, a man of action. Oh, you look at the New Testament, Peter was a man of action. Action man. He was kind of like the first action man, really. It didn't say, Peter, don't be silly. You're a fisherman. You know jolly well you can't walk on the water. You fish the water. That's what, that's what your job is. No, no it, don't be silly. You know you can't do this. No, Peter didn't say, Jesus didn't say that. He said just one little word. One little word to the question. And that little word was come. Peter heard that word come. Just that little word, but behind that little word, huge, huge implications. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And he heard Jesus say, come. Come. Just that. Imagine how Jesus felt. Imagine how thrilled it was to see Peter, the action man, climb out of the boat in the early hours of the morning. It would have been getting light by now. Fourth watch is between three o'clock and six o'clock in the morning. It would be getting light. And Peter the fisherman climbs out of this wooden boat and starts to stand and starts to walk on the water. 
Imagine what the other disciples in the boat was, were thinking. My goodness, what's going on? It all happened, this all happened just in a, in a microsecond, so to speak. But, but when you slow it down, when you freeze the, freeze the picture, you think, my goodness, there's Peter's walking, Peter's standing on the water. And Jesus is saying, Jesus is, is, dem- is, is demonstrating that it's who Jesus is. J- Jesus is who he is. And hearing that one little word, and the others would have heard that too. It's not just Peter would have heard that word come. The others in the boat would have heard that word as well. Often when you when you're asking God for something and you hear that word come or go or whatever, others hear it as well. You're not on your own. That's why you can go to your friends and say, I feel like God's saying to this, is, what do you feel about this? Well, let me pray. Often, often God doesn't just speak to one person, he speaks to others about, about your action. And Peter, the fisherman, climbs out of the boat, hearing that word, come. And the other disciples were speechless. Peter stands on the water and walks towards Jesus. Don't forget the wind is still blowing, the sea is still rough, hasn't calmed down yet. The sea is still troubled. And Jesus is saying, in his mind, yes, 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 Peter. Yes, come on, my son. It's not at a racetrack here. Come on, my son. It's not, but come on, my son. Peter is walking on the water. And then the enormity of the moment grips Peter and he starts to see what he's doing. He takes his eyes off Jesus and looks at the what's going on around him. And he gets distracted and the impossibility or the impossible begins to take hold of him. Well, I can't possibly be doing this. How can I walk on water? And he started to sink. He started to accept that he couldn't continue. Why? Because he took his eyes off Jesus. The situation seemed bigger than Jesus. And Peter started to think, I can't do this. The sea, the waves, the wind, the problems, and Peter began to sink. He began to be swallowed up, overwhelmed by the waves and the wind. But before he was completely overwhelmed, Peter cries out. And Peter says, Lord, save me. And look what happens. Now I'm going to ask Brenton to come up and we're going to do a little bit of acting here. I'm going to be Peter, Brenton's going to be Jesus, whatever image you have of Jesus, 
<laughs> has now been blown because Jesus, you normally see long flowing hair, but I'm sorry, the example, the example here doesn't have it. But there is Peter, and notice that, now, Brenton doesn't know I'm going to do this, but what I'm, what I'm going to try and demonstrate here, Brenton, that it's not just a feeble, wet hand coming out to grab hold of Peter. It's a strong arm. So I'm going to be... Can the camera see me here? Let's move that out of the way. Can you all see me? If you can't stand I mean, we're a family here. This This is to accentuate this point. There's Peter drowning, and he says, Lord, save me! And he doesn't, he doesn't just take a little bit of finger, he takes a whole grip of the arm and pulls Peter out of the water. It's not just a, a wimpy, oh, yeah, no, it was a big, strong arm of Jesus. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then Jesus said to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Little faith? What do you mean little faith? He just walked on water and he just climbed out the boat. I'd have thought Peter was a man of great faith, not little faith. He's just a fisherman climbing out of a boat in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the night, wet, cold, hungry. What do you mean little faith? But Jesus said, Oh, you of little faith. Is this being ticked off for the sake of uh, Danette? In, in America, I know ticking off, you don't use that phrase, do you? Is it being told off? Oh, yes. yes, yes, okay, just, just to help. <laughs> um, no, this is an example to Peter and to all of us that Jesus is bigger than any situation we are in. Jesus is bigger and he will save you. God loves us. You mean, Chris, God loves us? The God who put the stars into space and and created the heavens and the earth, the mountains and seas and the beauty of the earth, the creator, he loves us? Yes, he does. How can it be? I mean, Charles Wesley wrote a very famous him, how, how can it be that I could take an interest in Saviour's blood? How, how can it be? I, I, it's so overwhelming, I can't contain it in my mind. And then you read Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 8, and Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure, and the list goes on, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height or depth or anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And they all got back into the boat. Jesus and the disciples, well, Jesus and Peter get back in the boat and the others are there. And they rested in the truth by saying, Truly, Jesus, you are the Son of God. There was no doubt in their mind. Truly, you are the Son of God. And that lent into worship. How did they worship him? They worshipped him, spoke to him. 
thanked him, appreciated him. Now, I reckon I appreciate, recognize here that there might be some folk here in this room or maybe watching on, on the film there, that we're all at different stages of our walk with Jesus. You may be just looking in. You may be tuning into our YouTube page. And again, you are very welcome. Maybe you're just looking in to see who we are at King's Church in Cockermouth, really what the Christian faith really is all about. And maybe you're just trawling through, just looking and just taking notes. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've been coming a long time, but you think, yeah, I'm, I'm still just looking. In fact, when I was... When I became a Christian, oh, back in the 80s now, there was a, like a house group called Just Looking. Some of you may remember it, and some of you may have went through it. And it was a bit like an early alpha course, and there was no commitment. You were just looking. And, you know, the idea was that you went on a Just Looking course and you said, yes, I like what I see. I want more, and I want to hear those words from Jesus, follow me, as um, the two brothers did on the beach. But maybe you're like Peter and you have heard the call and Jesus has saved you and he says, now get into the boat. And you're thinking, oh, my Lord told me to get in the boat, go to the other side, better go, didn't we? But it's not easy. It really is not easy. The wind, the waves, the the pressures of life are really closing in on you and you're thinking, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I signed up for. Nobody said it was going to be this difficult. Or maybe you're in the boat and the pressures are so great that you've, you've heard you, you know the pressures are there, but then there's this major decision, this major event coming up. And, you want, you, and you're saying, Lord, Lord, if this is you in this decision, in this job I'm taking, or whatever, whatever, you know what it is, I don't know your situations, whatever, whatever, and you say, Lord, tell me, tell me to do this, tell me to come. And you're waiting you're waiting for God's voice to say, come, or go, or stay, or whatever the answer is you're waiting for. You know what you're waiting for. Maybe you're in that position. You're waiting for that little word, come. So there's really three, three sections here. One is, you're not saved. You're still walking along the beach with your brother. You have, you have, um, Jesus hasn't said to you, follow me, but you want to hear the voice of Jesus say, follow me, follow me, come with me. Or maybe you are in the boat, you've already taken that step and you're in the boat and life ain't easy. Life is getting more and more difficult. Or maybe you're in the, the third category, and, you, and you've got a huge decision to make, and you're saying, Lord, if this is you, if this is you, Lord, tell me. Tell me to come now, and I'll come. And you're waiting for the response of Jesus. And if you begin to sink, 
if you, if you take that step and you begin to sink, the strong arm of Jesus will catch you. I remember, many of you know, I went to Mexico in the year 2000. I was in a church in, in Seven Oaks. Roger, who is one of the pastors here, he was the pastor down in Seven Oaks at the time. And I, felt, and I knew it was a call of God to leave my very comfortable life in Seven Oaks. Nice house. Ah, good cooker. You remember it, Richard? Nice house. Um, beautiful village. I mean, everything. And I was going to Mexico. And people said to me, really? Chris Robbins, you're going to Mexico? You won't hear the archers. You won't know what's going on. You won't get Radio 4 in Mexico. I mean, what are you, you, you're, you're the most English person. What, what are you doing going to Mexico? But I had been to Mexico the year before on a team, and I heard God, I heard the voice of God say to me, Chris, you are coming back here. And I was with a crowd of people, and I thought they were standing around me. There was 10 of us on the team. And I heard the voice of God say, Chris, you're coming back here. And I said out loud, I don't think I'm going to come back here. And I turned around and there was nobody there. They were buying ice creams 100, 100 yards away. I thought, what? And I went. I came back. I, I, used to, I was doing what Paul does here. I was the administrator for the church. And... Um, and I said to the team, I said, guys, I'm going to go and live in Mexico. And they prayed about it, and they said, yeah, good idea. I went, but don't be so hasty in saying it's a good idea. But, but in other words, tell me to come. The others heard it. It wasn't just, I'm going, I want a bit of sunshine in my life. No, the others heard it. But Roger, such a wise man, Roger, he said to me, Chris, if it doesn't work... If you get to Mexico and you find it does just that you don't fit, you can always come back. He said, whether your job will be here or not, that's a different thing, but you can always come back and you can come back into the church and you, you won't be seen as a failure. You won't be, be seen as a disappointment. You'll be seen as a man that stepped out believing God called you and you just misheard, but that's fine because we can restore you and you can think again. Actually, by Roger saying, you can come back, helped me stay. Because, as you know, and I know quite a few of you have been working and living in overseas nations, you come across obstacles and they can be big. And it's not easy. Brent, I know, and, and I know, I, I can look around and see that folk, and I know some of you watching from the church on, on YouTube, you've stepped out, and living overseas is not easy. It's not easy. You, you come across things, you, you meet things which are tough going, but because Roger said you can come back, that helped me stay and helped me battle through with Jesus, knowing that Jesus was with me, battle through. And what happened? Gail and I met. Gail comes from south of England, I come from south of England, and we met in Guadalajara, Mexico. <laughs> and we came back, Mr. and Mrs. Well, no, actually, we came back. 
I got married back in England because it was just so much easier with the wedding invitations to, for family. They didn't have to fly across the ocean. They could, they could. We got married in Brighton, actually. Um, but you never know. You never know what God... So what I'm going to ask you to do now, I know it's... I know we're British, we're English, we're comfortable, we're... But I know... But I'm going to ask you, if you feel that you've never heard, you've never heard the voice of Jesus to say, follow me, I'd like you to pray with me. I'm going to make an open prayer here. I want you to just pray with me and say, yes, I want to follow you, Jesus. If you are in difficult times, you're in that boat and it's going through the night and you're not getting anywhere and you're fighting the oars and you're just not getting anywhere but you know you're under you know that Jesus has asked you to do this I want you to pray with me and I'll pray with you then but if you are about to make a huge decision and you think Lord I, I want to hear you specifically say to me come I want to pray for you as well so if we can and the, the Jeanette's going to come up and they're going to play music so don't worry not that you're worried about that, but Danette will want her stand back. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you could stand, please, if you're able to. If you're not, that's fine. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray the first prayer of commitment. If you just bow your heads, close your eyes, the presence of God is here, the Holy Spirit is here. Father, I thank you for our friends here in this room and watching on the, on the YouTube channel. Lord, I, I pray for anyone here or on the channel that wants to hear the word, follow me. I know many of us in this room have heard those words. And Lord, I pray for anyone here that is just waiting to hear those words. Father, I pray for that person, those persons, and I pray forgive them, Lord. Forgive them for all they've done in the past, the ungodly things, the willful things against God, deeds said, deeds done, things said. Father, I pray, forgive. Forgive us, Lord. Let us turn away from our past and let us hear those words, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. As Peter and as Andrew heard on that beach. And Father, I'd like to pray for the, anyone here in this room or watching on the video who's in a tough situation. Life is getting tough. As Sheila referred to earlier on from that scripture, things are getting tough. Middle of the night, cold, wet, hungry, out of money, out of energy, out of health, whatever it may be, things are getting tough. Lord, I pray. I pray, would you strengthen them? Would you reassure them? Would you let folk hear those words, take heart, I'm with you. Take heart, I'm with you. And then, Lord, I'd like to pray for those who have big decisions to take in their lives. Lord, and they're waiting, they've asked questions, 
huge, life-changing questions and they're waiting to hear. Lord, I pray, answer their prayer. Maybe it's a come, maybe it's a stay, maybe it's a go, maybe it's wait, maybe the time is not right. I don't know, Lord, but I pray, answer prayers, Lord. Encourage folk. And also, I want to add on, Lord, I pray for those folk who have really stepped out and they're beginning to be overwhelmed. Lord, I pray, as they're being overwhelmed, Lord, I pray, reach out your hand and save them. Thank you, Jesus.